Welcome to the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Casey. Some of my favorite conversations on this podcast over the years come with people who did one thing in their primary career, then shifted gears and did something completely different in their second act in retirement. You'll find links to some of those conversations in the show notes. Been able to talk with a healthcare executive who became a filmmaker, a lawyer who became a novelist, an NBA referee who became a deacon. And you don't have to be a lawyer, a healthcare executive, or an NBA referee. I, for one, am none of those things. To do something that takes advantage of other aspects of you, other talents and interests you might have. Retirement presents a great opportunity to do so. And today is another one of those conversations. My guest is Ross Hewitt. He's an award-winning physician who also has a passion for the theater. He has a new avenue for his creative energies, filmmaking. His first foray into films has resulted in the children's animated short film, Krista Cat. He wrote and produced the short, which has won a number of awards at film festivals and has quickly become an audience favorite. Ross is an actor, playwright, director, and producer. And he's also a retired physician who received many awards for his work with the HIV and AIDS communities. He's an associate member of the American Dramatist Guild and a past member of the Village Playwrights. And he's also semi-retired, which is one of my favorite topics as well, because I think for many people, that can offer you the best of both worlds. Russ, thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. My pleasure. So tell us, what's it been like to pivot from one career to a totally different one, a new creative one? It has been quite challenging, as you might imagine, to do something for almost 40 years and be really good at it. And then to switch completely to something that, that you enjoy, but has its own challenges that you don't always anticipate. It's been quite an adventure. And you mentioned switching from something you're really good at. I've noticed in the work I do in coaching people, including some physicians, in their transition to what's next in retirement, that sometimes people who are experts in their fields, like physicians and others, can find something, doing something new and different, really scary, because you're initially not great at the new thing right away. There's always a learning curve. What advice would you offer people about the courage it takes to do something totally new? Well, I think the first thing is you have to be surrounded by support. So you really need people in your life who are excited about what you're going to attempt, even if the end goal of success is not what's important. It's the journey. And so you need a team of people, both professional and personal, that are just there to support you and to bounce questions off of, to gain expertise from, for a whole lot of reasons, and and just support. So I'll give you a good example. One of my friends that I met in an acting class years ago, her name is Valerie David. She has survived breast cancer, lymphoma, and a recurrence of lymphoma. And she developed a one-man show about her experience. And she's been all over the world with it. And it's been really a quite exciting journey. And to see her flourish in doing something like that. And she just had the willpower and the desire to tell her story and to get it out into the world. And So for, especially in a creative pursuit, that's what you need. You have to have that that inner fire first 
then you have to have the support. And you also have to understand that there's a lot of failure, which is very, very different from a logical pursuit or a service that you're providing, where there's usually very clear guidelines. You know what you're doing. You do it. You have a satisfied person. All that's great. But in creative pursuits, you never know if people are going to like what it is that you create or not. So there's a lot of risk taking, which I didn't really anticipate how much, and also failure. So, for example, with the little film that I've created, I've submitted it to film festivals and it's, it got accepted to a few, but it also got turned down by quite a few. So that's just the nature of creativity. You write a novel, people may not like it, but you do it because it's what you love to do and, and you feel it, it's a story that you want to tell. And what was the decision-making process like for you in deciding to leave one profession and pursue this other one and ret- after retirement? Well, for me, it was a long time coming. I always loved theater and storytelling as a child. I was I played Tiny Tim in a production of Scrooge, and then I was hooked. And so I found a way to dabble a little bit in theater throughout my professional life to keep that fire kind of going. So I had that as a, a kind of a positive driver. And then, quite frankly, I also had a lot of negative examples of physicians who I saw practicing who should have retired, who really should not have been practicing. And it was kind of scary that we put so much faith in people. But as you get older, your faculties just don't keep up. And you're just not the same as you were. And I didn't want to be that kind of doctor. I didn't want to be someone patrolling the halls of a hospital because I had nowhere else to go. <laughs> and and I've seen that. And so that was a very strong kind of negative role model that helped me decide that that I was going to do this. And then it was just the question of financial planning enough to the point where whatever happens with creative pursuits, I'm not dependent on any income from that. And that really frees you up to do what you want. I think semi-retirement can offer for many people the best of both worlds. What have you found to be the pros and cons of semi-retirement? Well, I'm doing a little bit of insurance work. And the beautiful thing is it's 100% remote. So I can be anywhere where there's a Wi-Fi signal in the world, literally, and be able to put in a few hours and and still feel connected that way. So I think that that has been a huge advance in the flexibility that it offers a lot of people now. So many offices have closed down and they're fully remote now and and people just love that lifestyle. And I've been able to take advantage of that and it's put me on very um, solid footing. And the other thing is then, If I want to sleep in some days, I can. And, you know, that's a a wonderful thing for somebody who had to get up early. 
six, seven days a week for many, many, many years. So on those days, I'm really grateful and, and I enjoy that. So you mentioned storytelling before. How can storytelling help people eventually discover a new pursuit for themselves in retirement? Human beings have sat around fires and told stories for thousands of years. It's what connects us. It's what shows us who we are as human beings, what makes us human, the choices we make, the actions we, we perform, the pursuits we uh, pursue. And so we consume television and we consume movies and books and all of these things are stories just in different formats and in different media. And so it's a very integral part of, I think, our existence. And, and many times it's where you learn something new, something that you didn't know. And so one of the, I think, benefits to storytelling is the research that you do behind your story. And so you're learning history, perhaps, that you knew a little bit about, but not that much. So, you know, how your grandparents struggled in the Great Depression, for example, what daily life was like for your for family or for ancestors or just even famous people that you admire. I mean, uh, so history is a treasure trove of stories, but then you have your own personal perspectives and unique experiences. And that's important to share that with people as well. I think we're hearing all kinds of things that we hadn't heard before about the history of our country here in the United States, for example. And that's the only way we're going to learn and so that we don't repeat old mistakes. How did your first career as a physician prepare you for what you're doing now? You know, I was thinking about that. And I think one of the things that it both things, activities have in common is that I have deadlines. I have deadlines all the time. So in doctoring, there's paperwork that you have to do that always has a deadline. There's a presentation you have to prepare for that has a deadline. So there's lots of things that you do that end up end up having deadlines. And that's very true with creative pursuits as well. I mean, sometimes those deadlines are imposed upon you, but a lot of times you have to impose them on yourself in order to say, okay, I'm going to set aside this amount of time and I'm going to work on this project. So just a good work ethic, I think, being a doctor has been able to transfer over to creative pursuits. And I've also had a very nice role model in my own mother, who for many, many years was a remote worker before remote work ever existed. I mean, she had one of these like teletype machines in her home office. I mean, that's how old how long ago she did it. And I was always amazed at how she could keep to her schedule. She had a schedule and and she always got her work done every week. And tell us about the animated short film that you've written and produced and the story behind it. Well, my animated film is called Chris the Cat, Chris spelled with a K. And it came about as a writing prompt to a 
short story for a short story for an Icelandic festival in California right before the pandemic. And and I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. I don't know anything about Iceland. I'm not from Iceland. I have some Scandinavian blood in me, but that's about it. So I looked up folktales about Iceland and I found a folktale about a commoner who brings a cat to the king. And the king is so grateful that the cat has solved his mouse and rat problem that he offers either land or his daughter's hand in marriage. And the commoner picks the daughter (laughs) and becomes king later on. And so I think it's a real lesson in Scandinavian practicality. But also, I got to thinking, well, what happened to the cat? And I bet that cat had a very interesting life. So I wrote a story with an adventure of the, I called him the queen's cat because I figured the king is not going to bother with him very much. It's going to be the queen that's going to really pay attention to him. And then he gets named Chris by a family who finds him after he gets lost in the woods. So that was my story. I wrote a little short story and and then I had written another story, short story that did get published. And one of my playwright friends said, you know, you should make that into an animated movie because it had animal characters. And so does Chris the Cat. And so, but I thought that story, the one that got published is called The, uh, the Alligator and the Catfish. That one is going to be too long. It's going to be a, fil- a feature-laden film. So I'm like, no, can't do that. And if I'm going to try this, let me pick something small. So I I ended up going with Chris the Cat and giving it a shot and hired a director, an animator, a sound designer, a composer. And and we worked as a team over 18 months to put it all together. That's a great story. Appreciate sharing that. And any last words of advice for people listening who are thinking about retiring or thinking about, I don't want to necessarily do work full-time, but I might want to do something else and maybe try something different. Based on your experiences, any any advice for that may help them? Well, you have to be on, you have to line up your finances, right? So that you can feel comfortable knowing that you can work on a reduced schedule. So that's clearly number one. But after that, you just have to be willing to take a risk. The worst anyone can say to you is no. And that's not the end of the world because someone is going to say yes eventually if you just keep at it. So, yeah, I wrote, wrote a few short stories. I submitted them to online journals. One of them finally, actually two of them got accepted. I got a lot of no's, a lot of rejection, but all it takes is one yes. So that's the whole point. I, I didn't want to live life with regret. Just think about all the things I could have done and quote unquote never had time to. Well, now I've got the time. And so there's no reason for me not to at least try. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. And I've learned something along the way. Thanks for sharing your story, your advice, and information about the animated film as well with all of us. My pleasure. So, time for takeaways a couple of ideas you might be able to use as you think about your retirement future. Number one, 
can semi-retirement offer you the best of both worlds? I think sometimes people think of retirement too often as all or nothing. It's either walk away completely or keep working, but there's this middle ground where you can carve out an opportunity to perhaps to do something different, perhaps to do a version of what you've been doing all along and provide yourself with some flexibility and freedom while still keeping your hand in the world of work, but on your own terms. Number two, is there a creative interest or endeavor that might be worth exploring for you? Again, you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer or healthcare executive or an MBA referee. What are some other aspects of you that you could explore now that you've got the freedom and flexibility coming up? Thanks for listening to today's Retirement Wisdom Podcast. You can browse all of our episodes across six seasons at our website, retirementwisdom.com. Our mission is to help you retire smarter by looking at the non-financial sides of retirement to build the retirement that you deserve. Thank you.